0: Welcome to episode eight of the Brinkman podcast, the podcast where we take time to discuss uh, the issues that we talk about on the Brinkman Adventures, the stories behind it. We Sometimes we meet and talk to the real missionaries. We get to talk to the cast of characters and learn a little bit about the writing and some of the other production things that happen. Uh, I'm Eric Schilder and with me is Sarah, Auntie Sarah. It's me. It's, it's her. Whenever I say Auntie Sarah, I figure it's like an old British thing. Like, Would you like a cup of tea, dear? Yes, it's true.
1: My hair is in a very tight little bun.
0: It is. She's, she's very uptight. And uh, with us today is Ian Boltman as well. Hello. Hi, Ian. How are you doing? Great. Oh, fantastic. So um, this is actually going to be a really fun episode because it's mm-hmm. going to be very musical, very musical episode. Josh, go ahead and run that beautiful music. It's just amazing. It's it's like one of those yeah. music, uh, musical things that makes you want to weep instantly.
1: I know. You're like, I don't know why I'm crying, but it's for real.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That... And I'm doubly happy my, my son is actually taking violin, and uh, we're in the Hot Crust uh, Buns stage. Oh. And so really any violin <laughs> and tune is, is is music to my ears. But uh, that is an extremely powerful uh, haunting. Would you say haunting, Ian? Mm-hmm he'd say haunting, uh, melody. And uh, what's interesting about that is for today's show is we have with us Jared Pasquale, who was the composer of that piece of music that we just listened to and indeed a composer for uh, a lot of the music on the Brinkman Adventures. And he joins us today via Skype. Hi, Jared. Hey, guys. How are you today? We are doing fantastic. We enjoyed listening to that little bit of music just then uh can you tell oh, us thank you can you tell us a little bit i i'll i'll preface that with saying that is actually uh, from the latest release of the brinkman adventures from mm-hmm. the episode about the dutch resistance and uh we're gonna we've had a few podcasts on that we're gonna have some more probably it's a very powerful story and uh so uh, you wrote the you wrote the music did you write the music for the whole episode
2: yeah, so I wrote the music on both episodes of The Dutch Underground.
0: Okay, and that piece that we just heard, um, obviously it was, it was someone playing the violin. Who, who, who did you have play that? Was that you? Yeah, or... so
2: that, no, <laughs> no, no oh no, <laughs> I would sound worse than your son playing Hot Dog Buns. <laughs> uh, that is a violinist in town, his name is Dave Davidson, he is a first call session violinist in Nashville. He um, actually, I played with him when I did the score for The Hiding Place many years ago for Focus Mm -hmm. on the Family, and so that was another Holocaust score. And what makes David so special is that David played under um, the Polish composer, Krzysztof Penderecki, and who Mm -hmm. wrote post-war music after the Nazis had destroyed Poland. So David approaches the violin. When you say, hey, this is where we're headed in the story, he knows exactly what to do, and that's what makes. I mean, even when I just listened to that, what you played, I was like, "Wow, that's David. He's so good." You know,
0: it, it's not only technically great, and it's not only emotive, but it's almost there's kind of this reverence, in a mm-hmm. sense, as if, as if the source material is important. Yes, uh, I think that's one of the things yeah. that that struck me when I heard it because I'm a, I'm a big history buff, so you know you you've heard lots of music and especially when discussing um holocaust type issues and things there's a lot of music that gets played that is predictably kind of haunting but there was a the sense of reverence i think that that i got from the music what sarah would
1: mm-hmm. did yeah, you get I think that or the first time i heard it i just remember thinking oh my goodness and you know jared it's interesting because this story happened to my grandma and grandpa yeah And after listening to it with the score that you wrote under it, it hit me at such a different level. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, hearing everything together, all of the the things that happened to them. But I think what you did with the music is really told a story um, that was so powerful. So thank you for that. Thank you for putting so much into it.
2: Oh, thank you, Sarah. Yeah, you you know what? People will never know how I agonize over this stuff, especially... You know, there's there's something about the Holocaust where I agonize over every note. I feel mm-hmm. such a responsibility, such a weight to represent it well, to not to not I, I don't I don't know. There's like this sort of middle ground you have to you have to go between between overly sad that saccharine emotion that's not real and but being respectful to the people so many of the people groups that were affected in this and so no that's awesome sarah thank you it makes me feel good i mean i i love the theme i i knew once i arrived at it i knew i had the home run that i was looking for but it's always cool when you hear other people kind of uh you know, yeah. enjoy it too. Yeah.
3: I remember Jared when you first sent me the. I think you played it on piano when you first sent yeah. it.
2: Yeah, it had a live-in piano. There was something about it that I felt like under so much of um, of your grandmother's narration, like you almost had to strip it down to as if it, as if someone's playing the piano in that room. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's that intimate. It's that intimate of a theme at times, and um. So anyway, yeah, I I love the fact that it can live in the piano. It can live in the violin, and it's still just as effective, you know. And, and
3: you brought that theme back. You bookend bookended the episodes, and yeah. you went a little bit positive with it during the ice skating scene. And you yeah. had a lot of high drama too. And I'm wondering, yeah. can we listen to some high drama here?
0: I'd love to hear some high drama.
1: Yeah, <laughs> let's
0: go for it, Josh.
1: All right, Josh. the Roll it down from the other side, I got it. it has to be here. It's the only bedroom. Nothing,
0: Pauline. There is the hole in the floor. The hole in the floor? Of course. Please, come follow me.
2: We know he is here.
1: Don't play games with us.
0: Here we are. I think perhaps it goes through the guest thingy. Don't mock me, woman. We know that your husband is hiding in a hole
3: somewhere in this house! Look, ammunition! Look, ammunition! Look! What's this for?
1: I think those are for his hunting pistol. What do you think we are? No, Two cop. Nobody
0: hunts
2: with a we pistol! We are not stupid. Ah, look here! Ration guards! So what's your excuse for these? You are under arrest! Come with us.
1: Two of the Gestapo marched me out the door and into a waiting car. The other six kept looking. I knew they were desperate to find Reng and I prayed they would fail. Meanwhile Reng waited, trapped in that cold, wet little hole. He couldn't push the lid off because of the chair, the carpet and the linoleum on top. Pitch black with no room to move. He was buried alive in a tomb. We had duck. Can you imagine? What's worse, he heard them drag his pregnant wife off to prison. Opie talked to God inside that hole. He pleaded with the Lord to protect his young wife and the tiny child that she's carried inside her.
0: Wow, that was really neat. We heard wow. so much there from the beginning when the the Nazis burst into the room. You had yeah. the you had the horde. Drums, you know the the driving hard drums, yep. and then that kind of almost playful but suspicious cellos. Yep. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that. Uh, it was fantastic, uh, Jared. Maybe you could take a, a just a few minutes to talk about your process. I mean, it's it's obviously a Herculean effort to go from a, a story idea, even reading the narrative to bringing it to life and and actually adding in a lot of that emotion. How do you go about that?
2: Yeah. You know, I I never tire of the blank canvas. The blank canvas is horrifying and exciting at the same time. Um, And, you know, I think what makes writing audio dramas that are shorter in length, and when I say that, I mean a show that's kind of under the two-hour in total length, um, it's the decisions you have to make as a composer to not give the listener too much musical information in terms of of thematic writing. You know, if you Mm -hmm. you give the listener too much information, the show can become very confusing, and these good intentions you have become Mm -hmm. very distracting. So I always say with, with shorter episodes, particularly like the Brinkman Adventures and particularly like the Dutch Underground, you have to establish a sort of like true north, I call it. And that's in terms of, hey, this is where the score is going. Always stay the course. And that's something hopefully I've gotten better at, you know, the longer I write. But but what I'm able to do is, is I'm able to sort of recognize when I get off course. And then mm-hmm. I have the courage to throw that music out that Ian never hears because I got <laughs> off course. Um, so, you know, the process for writing it is, is you know, I read the script a bunch of times to try to just really get the rhythm of the whole story, to try to get the 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 mood of the entire story. I kind of draw a mental map, of um, kind of where we start and where we'll finish and then all of the mile markers that we need to pass to get from point A to point B. So Mm. does that kind of make sense? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It sounds like you have to, you have to hit the beats almost. It's another, it's another voice of the actor in a sense, but it's, it can convey a lot more than words can. Absolutely. I I don't
2: (laughs) think people realize how methodical the craft is that, I'm not a guy just sitting up here writing any music that comes to my head. There's so much thought that goes into this, and it's dictated by the script, but it's also dictated by the actors. So many times, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to do something based on how mm-hmm. I read it in the script. And then you then you listen to the actor, and you go, well, I'm, I'm changing course because their tempo is different, or even maybe their register is different, and mm-hmm. it forces you to do something that compliments them
1: so after your after you've read the script you've kind of got your markers you know where you want to go then i'm i'm assuming you you know we send you the file which is all of the actors without the music and you sit down and just listen to that right and then what do you Absolutely. do just start sitting on your piano how do you how does that come about
2: yeah it's um it's certainly the piano um it's certainly sometimes strings sometimes it's brass i mean so you just I never know what I'm going to actually sit with, but I sit with something. Um, mm. But I try to really map out who's going to get themes and who isn't. And I think, mm. for instance, a show like this, it's a perfect example where you could really get in trouble. Because if I wrote individual themes for everyone, Rang, Lin, Rolf, Otto, mm. Hans, the listener would never know what's going on. It's yeah. way too much information to digest, especially in two episodes that are like 26 minutes long. You know, so, so I make... I make decisions pretty early on as, as far as like, Hey, what themes are important for this show? And so for, for, for the Dutch underground having the theme that was what I call the Dutch underground theme, I felt like that needed to be my home run theme. That's what we heard in the beginning on the violin. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of embelli- it, it embodies everybody. All the characters can be represented through that. Yeah. Um, and then it's just important that it, it, it sits in the style of, of the time period. And that's, that's always the, the tall order. You know what I mean? That it doesn't sound contrived. That it sounds like, wow, I think that actually could have been heard on the phonograph in the mm. 1940s.
0: You huh. know what I mean? I like yeah, we got to set some stuff in the 80s then. Yeah, definitely. I, I want to <laughs> hear some 80s synth pop. Yeah, um, man, I grew that... up
2: in the 80s. I'm a child of <laughs> the awesome. Right,
3: exactly. Some I hair own bands. That stuff. I got a fun text from Jared when when we were actually working on the Brinkmans at Shannon's house. And a text came through from you, Jared, and it said, hey, you might get a kick out of this. I actually wrote the rhythm for, um, it was a free Burma ranger, away Ah. from any instrument. I was in a totally different spot, a a place that you would never imagine. And he wrote it on something, a little piece of paper, and it was a really cool text.
2: (laughs) That's right, (laughs) I remember that. I love that rhythm. That rhythm is awesome. Speaking (laughs) of
0: the communication... um, Jared, Ian, um, how did you how did you hook up? How did you how did you get together and decide that this was something you wanted to work on?
3: I'd like to hear Jared's side of the story.
0: Yeah, Ian talks a you lot, mean, so go ahead, Jared.
2: How, you mean like initially how we came to to yeah. meet
0: each other? Yeah.
2: Man, I mean, it really was providence, was it not? I mean, hmm. you guys were, from what I remember you were really jammed up trying to finish a lot of episodes in season four very fast. That's right. It was right. a lot of work. I forgot that. And Yeah, and I believe the composer that you had, it had nothing to do with ability. It had simply just to do with workload. It was kind of humanly impossible to do it. That's right. And some, you know who I think it was? I think it was J.D. Sutter from um, Audio Theater Central hmm. that, that J.D. knew... Um, he 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 was a fan of mine, and he said, "Hey, I think I want to introduce you to Ian." And I think that's how it happened that that he set that's up right. the meeting between us. Hmm. Um, and then that's I right. believe you gave me one episode to work on. You gave me rem- uh, remember, remember new? Is that what it was called? I think
3: so. Yep, remember new.
2: It was kind of like a like a a test episode for me. I think you know what I mean to see if like <laughs> I could do it. And I did he does it. that I did. to all of us. Yeah, I did it in five days and I turned it in. That's you really awesome. liked it and you're like, hey, I got another one. And so then it was like every every Friday I turned in an episode and then every Saturday I would be like, hey, I got another one. Uh, it was a, great, <laughs> that was, that was a great time.
3: I'd cross my fingers and hope that you'd take another one. You'd write, oh, that was so hard, that one, and i think he's he's done with us.
2: He's, no way. That was a blast. Uh, so that I think so that was funny. it. I think we did like five or six episodes, like bang, 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 and we just really developed a nice rhythm of working together, you know?
3: Yeah, and you wrote the RD theme, which I absolutely love, and the uh-huh. rem- yeah, Remember was, New.
2: I think that's I think that sealed the deal. I think RD helped seal the deal for me. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> funny. You know, speaking
0: funny. speaking of the other episodes, uh, Ian or Jared, what what other episodes have you worked on so that we can kind of cross reference your work here?
3: Boy, I loved Heart
0: Song. Whoa. Oh, okay. Well, Heart, Heart there you Song go. is one of my mm. favorites. I yeah. mean, all
3: this stuff is great. Cambodian Quest. Um, he did uh, The Crisis in... No, not, not the Congo. Cambodian Quest and Remember New. Um, I think were War of the Raccoons. War of the Raccoons with another Mr. Pennington. Another great episode. Yeah. Um, Lying Dinos, which okay. was another... Yeah, yeah. Another RD story.
2: Um, and then the um, when they're in Africa, the kids are honeymooning in Africa. Yes, Mafia Mania. Mafia Mania, yeah. Yep.
3: And I think... Didn't you do um, what brings us together? Episode 48 yeah. where yeah. Michelle and Anthony get married Married, Uh, yeah. Yeah, Paradise Lost, I think he did as well.
1: Yeah. A lot of stuff. I have a question for you too, Jared. I'd love to hear, what was your most challenging um, scene to write Hmm. in Dutch Underground? Great
2: question. Yeah, Um, that's an easy answer. (laughs) Mm. So, it's the scene later, it's towards the end of episode two, where Rang makes the decision that that his life is in God's hands, and he decides to save the Taylors family that's stuck in the haystack. Mm. Um, and then the the subsequent chases that kind of Oh, that
3: chase scene, Jared. Huh.
2: Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I think I think what makes it hard to write is that, you know, many scenes in audio theater are composed in only two to three sections. And when I say that, I mean, the cue enters, we feel a certain way, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And the scene is coming to an end. We build it. We hit a transition. Now you feel another way. And then we land in a new scene. So essentially, the, it's a three part composition and that's a really common rhythm in uh audio theater for some reason but a scene like what we're speaking of this scene it had seven different sections and each section had subsections and so this scene it had 21 hit points
0: i didn't know that (laughs) ian's always got to be very much more complicated you should write with him sometime
2: you should see how i you know i mark up these scripts are marked up you know? And that's just oh, kind of how I do it. You, you, before you even read a note of music, you start marking it up and it gives mm-hmm. you the roadmap. But so there's 21 hit points and that means there's a lot of tempo changes and a lot of tonal changes and orchestration changes. And so I always say that uh, a composer on audio theater, you have to like take hard turns with your car, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You You turn hard to the right, you turn hard to the left because yep. you have to communicate these changes of scenery that visually you don't see, you know? And I think I think that generally speaking, film composers, like when I used to do film a lot, I didn't have to turn it. The wheel is hard, but here I have to turn it very hard. Um, And so you sort of like learn how to react to the characters. You learn how to react to their lines. Sometimes you learn how to punch their lines to give them weight. Hmm. You learn how to back off. You learn how to drive it forward. And I, I just love that stuff. And so that scene, especially then when After Rang saves the Taylor's family in the haystack, kind of like everything goes crazy and they're they're being chased and there's machine guns and um, it gets exciting because there's so many hit points of trying to accentuate the drama.
3: You haven't heard that yet with the sound with the audio drama. I mean the uh, you haven't heard that yet with the sound design
2: is what I'm saying. Correct. Right. I haven't heard final mix on it. And Josh did
3: a great job. Boy, it's the bullets hitting the car and it's 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 amazing. And I just love the galloping. Sound that you yeah. have when they take yeah, yeah. off. It just has I I love that.
2: Well, that's John Williams, man. I think I'll always I'm I, I think I'll always be influenced. And I and I and I had kind of wrote this down when I was scratching out my notes is that, you know, even my introduction to the concept of Nazis really it came in Raiders of Lost Ark, right? Mm-hmm. I mean when I was a kid and I saw it in the movie theater mm-hmm. of like and I think how sub he subconsciously has influenced so many situations. And so when you get that galloping, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, absolutely. What else would you do? That's so, that's what you do, you know what <laughs> it's I mean? That's awesome. <laughs> that's so fun.
3: Yeah, I've I've had a number of people say, "Boy, this sounds like Raiders."
2: That's awesome. That's a great compliment. I know what they're talking about because there's particularly in the Nazis um um of how I framed it. I framed it very uh it's strong and it's 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 it's, it's, it's um yeah, yeah. There's just something in, in how I probably approach the Nazis that might be very Williams-esque. You know? Jared,
3: what is your favorite piece that you've composed for the Brinkmans to date? Could you pick one?
2: <sighs> Man, there, you know there are there are there are favorite moments, right? I think that's probably my, I'm such a perfectionist. I don't think I'm ever satisfied with myself, but sometimes I find myself satisfied with like a moment. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where you're like, man, that was good. Um, There was, um, what was our Russian, what was our Russian episode called? The Dimitri. Heart
0: Song. Heart Song. Heart Song with Dimitri. Yeah.
2: There was there, that moment where the, the the prison the the guards they break him down they mm-hmm. give him the coat of his wife do you remember that yeah the bloody oh, coat yeah. of course and he he just loses it I mean my goodness that actor was brilliant that that was a really that was a that was a big moment that was like that, those are moments composers dream of and then you you're also panicked that you won't be able to do it
3: but that's <laughs> a, that's a
2: special yeah. moment you know what recently with Free Burma Rangers the um the final action scene. Where they sort of like have to make a run to the helicopters, I think mm-hmm. it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like there's like a stretch of 30 seconds of my action music that I'm like, boy, that might be, that might be some <laughs> of my finest action music I've ever done. You know, it's great, <laughs> <That is laughs> so, it's great. Right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, you, and then of course you know there's that RD scene in um, season five where our, RD is going through the haystacks or the field, the cornfields, yes. maybe that's mm-hmm. what it was. So
3: mm-hmm. fun.
2: And and and. um who's our who's our comic relief guy the name is right mr pennington yeah, yeah yeah mr pennington and they're chasing him in the car like i just think that scene just makes me howl when i hear the score <laughs> back to it i mean yeah. cuz it's our it's the rd theme but it's just like it's so perfect because it's on overdrive you know
3: i I got a comment once from somebody and they said that that whole episode I just love the scene, and they described the scene in more detail than we gave it of the car going off the road and mm-hmm. chasing it through the haystack with the and she's like in the haystack all the all the um all the corn was flipping and the you could see where <laughs> it was going through the, the field and I'm like none of that was there. she imagined yeah. it all, and the music and- helped that.
2: Yeah, I think, and that's the beauty of a great score. Not yeah. saying that I'm great, but that's the beauty of music. Of like, you sort of see yeah. things that that aren't there, but somehow musically it's intuitive mm-hmm. that the hay is going up against RD or the windshield of the car. That's awesome. That's a great compliment.
0: And I think what's what's amazing to me is that you can go from the RD, you know, corn music to Nazis to Russian to uh, you know an Asian uh, thing. And they, they don't they don't sound they don't sound yeah. alike.
1: They don't sound the same. But
0: you are like yeah. the emotional puppet master to be able yeah. to say yeah, the, here's where you should be feeling uh, sad. Yeah. This the is funny. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's great for us as as the actors because, you know, it means we can pull back a little bit and we don't have to try oh. as hard I think. <laughs> There's Actually
3: there's yeah. actually scenes, Jared, where you've written it and there's a lot of dialogue and the the dialogue is getting in the way of the story and so we just start cutting dialogue mm-hmm. and the music tells yeah. the story it only needs three or four words to you know from
2: the actors yeah. and the music says the rest of it oh that's a wonderful compliment yeah and you know and it's it, it, you're right and i and i don't want to downplay um honestly the the amount of study i've put into this in my entire life i mean you're talking about 30 years of a grindstone, like just grinding out studying. Like I can't, you know, I had a lesson, I had a composition lesson yesterday. I mean, like I don't mm. stop learning. Um, and so to be able to go from something c- comedic like R.D. to Russians to the Holocaust to Free Burma Rangers, which is this Asian thing, but it's action music to, you know, it, that, that doesn't just happen. You know what I mean that doesn't just i I'm, I'm not i'm not, it's not like i'm good i I study really mm-hmm. hard to try to understand cultures of music and 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 why things sound like authentic and why they don't sound authentic. Mm-hmm. you know what i mean
0: right no. exactly and one one question I have is kind of the actual performance um being a bit of an audio geek I think uh all of us here uh, how do you actually go about recording um now obviously. For example, the 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 underground theme was was played by a real person uh, with a violin. Uh, how about how about some of the other scores? Do you have a group that you work with? Are you doing a lot of stuff digitally?
2: Yeah, you know, I think I think honestly now because because budgets have decreased and and the time frame of delivery has increased. So you're you're writing faster and shorter. You have shorter time. You. You don't have the luxury of the real players that you used to. Fortunately, um, fortunately, I play a lot of instruments, and so I'm I'm always quick to put myself on a score. Um, whether it's I'm a guitar player by trade, so I play all of these Middle Eastern guitars and and Irish guitars. So I, I'm fortunate that I can do a lot of that. I'm fortunate that my wife is a professional oboe player. So <laughs> if, there, if there's an oboe, it's a good chance she's doing it, and so she's kind of a secret weapon for me. That's awesome. um, But then I rope in, you know, like with the Dutch underground, I had talked to Ian pretty early on saying, hey, man, we got to we got to find the money for the violin. It'll pay Mm -hmm. dividends. You know what I mean? So, yeah, but but other than that, pretty much nowadays, everything's on your your computer with software and, and, you know, you can manipulate it. I work it hard to manipulate it to sound good. It doesn't sound that good out of the box. I know how to really Mm -hmm. manipulate it to make it sound pretty, pretty darn authentic, you know?
3: Yeah, I have to say your mixes are stellar. They're really, really good, Jared. As I listen to just the the body of the music and the actual mix and mastering of it, you do oh, an thanks. awesome job at that. It's not just the composing and the playing; it's actually knowing how to mix and master. And they they pop. They're
0: really good. Yeah. And it, it sounds well, you know, so I mean, organic too. The
2: reality too. Is, is, oh, I'm sorry, Eric, I interrupted you.
0: Uh, I was just saying, it's it sounds so organic. Uh, well, you know, to I I
2: attend I attend orchestra concerts. I go to the symphony, right? Like. Because when you start going to it, you understand how it's supposed to sound. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and really one of the, the true thing of the symphony of like, and that's why I think probably I love the work of John Williams, is John Williams is so symphonically composed, meaning like you can put that music in front of the symphony and it's going to sound just like that. Where so many modern film scores, they're so manipulated, they're so sonically manipulated that it could never really be pulled off live. You know what I mean? Right. And, and so that's what I think I love about the Brinkman stuff is that Ian gives me the ability to write more in that classic film score style, which is the orchestra. And so here I, I attend concerts all the time. And so you're always hearing, hey, this is really what it sounds like. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so if that becomes your reference point, you know, hopefully your mixes sound pretty good.
0: Well, we, we really look forward to hearing more of your music in episodes to come. Uh, we thank you for joining us. Is there some place that people can go to follow your work, whether it's a Twitter account or a website? Or don't give out you know, your address.
2: My, no, you know my website is really probably the, the thing that stays the most up to date with what I'm working on, and then including music from whatever I'm working on, and that's just com.
0: Well, thank you very much. We appreciate it. I appreciate you know you joined us from Nashville, uh, and in underground, I don't think I heard a single steel guitar. So I was a little surprised uh, uh, being that you're from, <laughs> <laughs> being you're from Nashville. Thank you so much, Jared. We really appreciate so,
1: it. So great to talk with you. Thank you so Absolutely. much for your time. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it.
0: Well, that's uh, all we have for this episode of the Brinkman Podcast. Uh, if you want to learn more about the Brinkman Adventures, uh, please go to brinkmanadventures.com, and you can take a little bit of time there and actually write us a question if there's something you'd like to have answered on our podcast. Uh, please feel free to submit your questions there. Also, if you want to take a few moments and go over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from and uh, leave a little review, we would love that. And until next time, thank you for joining us.